0: So I've been searching for a clean electrolyte company that I love for a really long time, and I just hadn't found anything that I liked, that I enjoyed the taste of, that I felt good about the ingredients, until I found Element. And I actually got a sample from somebody, and I was instantly hooked. They have really good flavors. They're actually tasty. Like, I enjoy drinking them, whereas other brands that I've tried in the past, I really haven't enjoyed. And you can just put them straight into your water, um, and they're so good. So they have salt, magnesium, and potassium potassium in them. And a lot of people don't realize how important electrolytes are for true hydration. A lot of us are chugging water because we're being told that we need more water, but we're not drinking the electrolytes that we need to actually hydrate our bodies. And so Element is a great choice. They also make seasonal chocolate flavors that are really good as like a hot chocolate. And you can put them in your coffee if you want, or just with hot water and like milk or just plain. I like to drink them plain. I love Element. I have at least one pack a day electrolytes are so important, especially for pregnancy and breastfeeding. So if you're lacking your electrolytes, give Element a try. You can use my link, Drink Element. It's drinklmnt.com slash Taylor K. And you will get a free gift with your purchase, which is a sample pack. So you can try all of the flavors. Again, that's drinklmnt.com slash Taylor Hi, Joey. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to be here talking with you. Would you mind just for listeners who don't know who you are, just telling us who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Joey Odom, co-founder of Aro, um, married to my wife, Kristen, for 19 years, uh, son Harrison, 15, daughter Gianna, 13. And um, RO is a company that's focused on helping people you know, put down their phones for a few minutes so they can be fully present in the moments that matter with the people that matter. And um, just giving them the tools and inspiration really to do that.
0: I love that. So I am always really fascinated by people who have created businesses or careers doing and sharing about things that they're passionate about. And so I'm always really interested to, to know, though, how you got to be passionate about what you're passionate about. So would you mind just sharing, like, how did RO come to be? Why do you care? What is RO, first of all, yeah. for people who don't know? And then why do you care so much about this?
1: Yeah, Aro is, Ro is a platform for the whole family that makes it easy for people to put their phones down so that it is a literally a physical device, a place that a beautiful thing, it's, it's, it's wife designed and approved that mm-hmm. lives in your home where you put your phone and it automatically connects to an app and that gamifies the experience of being away from your phone. So it's science tells us the only way to reduce your screen time, which by the way, we're all battling with it. Um, the only way to reduce your screen time is for, is for your phone to be out of sight and away from your body, which obviously, right. We can all put it in shoebox. We can all put it in drawers, but none of us are putting it in shoeboxes. None of us are putting it in drawers because we lack a system that gets us there. So we need a little bit more help. We need a system designed around really good habit formation. And so this is designed around the science of habit formation to really use the kind of the tips and tricks of the social media companies, but in in for us to get people off their phone to help you build a streak of being away from your phone and build up those digital muscles. So this all began, Taylor, as just as as a lot of great ideas do, of just from personal failure. Um, and a, and a story I tell. I don't know. I was going to say I like to tell it, but I don't know if it's a a great story to tell. But when my son, who's now 15, when he was five years old, he was playing his first soccer season. And for anybody who's had a soccer season, it's those Saturdays can get a little bit mundane at times. And um, Harrison had not scored a goal all season. He's actually the last player on the team who had not scored a goal. So everybody had scored. And so this but this Saturday comes up where You know, you think about it almost in slow motion terms of Harrison rears back his leg, kicks a soccer ball, and he scores his first goal. And so it's this great moment, right? So the the coach lifts him up, the crowd goes wild. The last kid who had not scored has scored a goal. And what does a five-year-old boy do when he scores his first soccer goal? But he looks to dad to share this great moment of us locking eyes and him seeing that I'm proud of him. But I missed that entire moment I just described because I'm looking down at my phone Because that moment, was it too mundane? Was it, was, you know, whatever it was, was my phone, was a, was whatever group text I was on more interesting. I don't know what it was, but I do know I missed it. And I'd like to say that everything got better from there, but it didn't. I missed again, moment after moment after moment because of that. And in fact, I think even my marriage suffered because of that. And, And stats tells the Gottman Institute just put out a study that, that said that, 86% of successful couples who remain married, they turn towards their their partner's subtle cues for connection 86% of the time, while only 33% of couples, the couples who get divorced, only 33% of those couples turn towards their partner's bids for connection. you know, they they do that 33% of the time. And we're physically and emotionally unable to notice those subtle bids for connection when we have our phone, whether it's from our partner or our kids. So, So for me, this was, this was a journey of failure. And, um, about four years ago, I got a text from a friend of mine named Heath Wilson, who's co-founder of RO. Heath said, Heath had just sold his business. He had actually retired and he said, Hey, I, I got an idea. I know we're aligned values. I was in commercial real estate at the time. Heath had, like I said, just retired. And we, he said, I got this idea that we could help our families be better on our phones. So it began as that, just an experiment to help our families. And then we said, hey, if we can help our families, I bet we can help a lot of other families. And so Aro was born out of that with this whole premise of we need to put our phones down, but that's hard to do. So let's try to build a platform and an experience that makes it easy to put down your phone, not for the sake of putting down your phone. But for the sake of then connecting, then going and doing the things you want to do, we all have great intentions, but how can we have a platform and system that aligns our actions with our intentions, intentions, so that we can be great dads, so that we can be readers, so that we can, you know, connect with our spouses and all these things we want to do that are actually impossible to do while we're holding our phones.
0: Mm, Yeah, I love that. Have you ever read the book Glow Kids? I've not. It's a really good book. I'm reading it right now. It's by Nicholas Carderis, I think, is the author. Um, And it talks a lot about um, screen time, how screen time impacts youth particularly, Mm. Um, social media, video games, all of that, how it's addictive. And as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, you know, this doesn't just impact our kids, though. Of course, it impacts our kids exponentially more than it impacts adults because they have immature and developing brains. But it also is impacting adults so much. And I feel like this is something that not a lot of people are talking about. Like, I'll be listening to something about, you know, setting boundaries, like particularly if you work online for for business, right? And setting boundaries and putting the phone away, you know, at certain times of day and being present with your kids. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds really great, but but I can't. How do I do it? How do i <laughs> how do I get my phone? out of my mind. Because even when I'm sitting without my phone, like playing with my kids or something, I'm needing, like I'm craving more, I'm craving more stimulation because that's what I'm used to from being on the phone. And I feel like so many adults are struggling with this, this screen time addiction, the social media addiction. And it's just something that I think a lot of people aren't talking about. I don't know if it's because it's kind of like, there's like a negative um, uh, what is like connotation when it comes to addiction. Like we don't want to admit, well, I'm addicted to something, but like so many of us are. And it's really, if you think about it, it's designed to be addictive. It's not necessarily that it's like 100% our fault. Like we didn't choose the addiction. Yeah. We made choices to get us there, but, um, anyways, I'm kind of rambling now, but it's something that
1: no, I, I, I like what you're, I I really like that. And, and we, this may just be semantics. I I don't know if it is or not, because I, I do want people to I, I want people to take control over it in whatever way. So whatever words they apply, I think are, is helpful. Whatever word that applies for you is helpful, but we've read some interesting studies that say that most of us actually aren't dealing with an addiction. And I, and I think, and that's interesting. And I know there's some, certainly like the dopamine release and there's a, there are addictive characteristics, certainly to the things we're doing on our phones. But, but what it sounds like is that this is more of a, of a habit, interestingly enough. And the reason I like that distinction is because with an addiction, what's the first thing you do? I mean, the first step, you know, the 12 steps is admit your powerlessness over something. And so I think when, when someone may say, Oh, I'm addicted to it in a way, it's a little bit of a, in some ways it's a little bit of a cop-out. Well, I can't do anything about it. Where when you say it's a habit that you can change, then you all of a sudden begin to realize that you have agency, much more agency over the issue than you might think. And so again, I do, and I'm not just, people will probably argue and say, no, it's an addiction. I, I'm not disagreeing with that fully. What I am saying is that if, if you potentially view it as a habit, and again, the other thing is with an addiction, you totally abstain from the thing you're addicted to, right? Well, that's not going to happen. I'm not getting rid of my smartphone. I have, I have a feeling you're not going to get rid of your smartphone either because of the good things they do. And so in this discussion, we're so early, Taylor, we're 15 years into iPhones. We're we, It's very early, almost 16. So we're very early. And so we don't really know how to handle it. And so if you all of a sudden say, oh, this thing is bad, it, it's become this one or the other approach as opposed to saying, no, I'm going to embrace all the good of this, but I'm also going to have a habit and a system around putting it in its place when it's time for it, when I don't need it. And the real problem is that we have... It, over the last 15 years developed this habit and we've developed a, an environment of 91% of us have our phones with us 24 hours a day. So from our perspective, and, and by the way, Aro is not here to solve social media. Aro here is not here to solve all the terrible things that happen on the dark web. There are a bunch of bad things out there. We are here to help you develop a good relationship with your phone. I I believe it is unhealthy that 91% of us have our phones with us 24 hours a day. And yeah. so let's change that and let's do it because it's important enough for the next generation. And we are modeling a behavior that we ourselves have learned, and we don't want to pass that along to others. And in and, a and way we liken it to, you know, when cigarettes, everybody knew cigarettes were bad for years, but the moment in culture, when it changed, when people started taking it seriously was when they realized, oh, wait a second, secondhand smoke is bad for our kids. So I believe as parents, we are blowing secondhand digital smoke at our kids all day long. They're trying to talk to us and we glance at our phone and we all know this, that is an intimacy killer that will kill Mm -hmm. intimacy. If your child is opening up to you and you take one glance at your phone, all of a sudden it does one thing. It kills that moment. But what it really does is it it kills your child's likelihood of being vulnerable with you again. And so you're just, Mm -hmm. we're deadening vulnerability and then it deteriorates their own sense of value because they're, they believe at that point that my dad's phone is more important than I am. Whether you would, whether they would say those words or whether they would just believe it, the believing is what's most important when they perceive it. And you as a parent, I would never say that's true, but what am I acting like? So that's the crappy side of it, right? That's the, that's the, that's the sad reality of it. But the great news, and this is a hopeful message, this is the most hopeful and accessible um, opportunity we have as parents right now, that the simple act of putting down your phone sends a very strong message to the people around you. And that message is this, 8 billion people can theoretically reach me on my phone. I'm going to put it down because you're more important than every single one of them. Mm -hmm. Imagine what that does to a child's sense of self-worth. So then... When they're a teenager and they encounter bullying online or they encounter body image issues, they have a much stronger foundation to battle those things with. So if you don't have that innate sense of value, and I do think we have it, you know, in, in many ways, we have a generation of kids right now, teenagers who have grown up with parents who have looked at the screen instead of their eyes. And that's really damaging to self-image and value and kind of that innate who you are. And it gives you very few tools to go battle those things when you're confronted with them.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I love everything you're saying. I love the reframe of a habit versus an addiction. I do, I do think that screen time does have an addictive component sure, and like absolutely. the more research that comes out, like in the, this book that I'm reading, um, glow kids, he's, he actually compares it to cocaine, um, like addic- the addictive, yeah. uh, properties of cocaine. And I do think though that, I mean, I'm of the belief that if you have an addiction, you're not powerless. Like there is work that yeah, you can right. do to overcome that addiction. And I do think there has to be balance because of course we, like you said, we need, most of us can't live without some sort of technology and screen time use. Um, but how do we, how are we intentional with our screen time use? And instead of getting into those habits, of just mindless scrolling, or, you know, I know a lot of parents, especially myself included, we'll use screen time almost as a coping mechanism without really realizing like we're, you know, flustered, we're frustrated, we're overwhelmed from whatever's going on in our home. So we kind of check out by just scrolling through our phone. Like I'm done. I'm going to just check out. I do it all the time. Um, and it's something I've had, I've had to actually just become aware of, because I think Mm -hmm. I wasn't aware of it initially and be more mindful of that. But also something that I think is that I've noticed too, is that um, especially when we're talking about like social media, it's very overstimulating and it results yeah. in nervous system dysregulation. Mm. And so then not only are you having a heart, having a difficult time with the intimacy with your family, like you're saying in the connection with your family um you know being on your phone fosters disconnection with reality and the people around mm-hmm. you but then also you're more likely to have a dysregulated nervous system so when you are face to face interacting with your family you're more likely to be impatient you're more likely to snap yeah. you're just you're already in a dysregulated state and so i think that's really problematic too especially for yeah. parents of you know younger children um, especially parents who like are home with their children all day. Yes. So we're constantly in like a fight or flight mode. It seems like, what are your yeah. thoughts about that?
1: Well, I it, I totally agree. And I think it's, it's, it's very much like I I've, I've observed that I got to a point where I was just so afraid of being bored. I was, mm-hmm. I was so, I just, I was so, and, and I was just like, I would I would you talk about fight or flight. Like I would just flee from any kind of mundanity. I would just flee from the mundane moments, but that's, that's where stuff happens. I mean, that's, that's where we have a, a friend um, named Billy Phoenix, who says that um, he says that quality time only comes as a result of quantity time. So we're not going to go create this quality moment. You have to have a bunch of time together. And then you never know when that moment's going to rise. When all of a sudden my 13 year old daughter wants to open up about what's going on with her friends or if my wife wants to bring something up, it's really been bothering her. So you have to have those moments. You have to create the space for it. So we are, I totally, totally agree. We're fleeing those moments and we're doing it because it's not as exciting. And I I think that it may, this may may be a hot take, but yeah, YouTube videos are largely more interesting than hanging out with a toddler. Sure. Mm -hmm. I get it. Right. But. ice cream tastes a lot better than broccoli, but we don't need ice cream for dinner every night. And you shouldn't eat because over time, there are going to be effects to that that you don't want in your body. And in the same way, you can't, we can't keep, you know, eating digital ice cream and expecting to have healthy and whole, you know, nervous systems and emotional regulation and all that kind of stuff. So I, I couldn't agree more with that. And there also is something that's very our phones do provide a certain level of what you're discussing. And we, we have, of disconnection to some degree or faux connection. And I think with, and I'll be, I don't want to overgeneralize, but I do think moms, very often moms in homes, they, they're the ones that are, they're taking care of the home. They're looking out for everybody. And so the phone for them very often is a reminder of all the things they have to do. I oh, got to yeah. schedule this and, and RO does give you permission. It's, it's almost like if you could personify it, it says, let me hold that for you. And you can think of yourself for a few minutes because dad, let's just, again, I'm not trying to overgeneralize, but dads very often will put their phones down to connect and moms will pick up their phones to connect. So there's a little bit of a difference. And so what we found, it's interesting with moms. Sometimes you do need to have that instead of just medicating with picking up your phone and kind of scrolling having permission to put it down, think of yourself, go read a book, go take a walk by yourself, do it or, or connect with your partner, whatever it is. So, um, but, but I totally agree. And again, back to the the term RO means to notice by the way. And we do think that if you can take a moment to notice that feeling, the angst you're feeling inside instead of, and we do it all the time and picking up your phone, we, we brush by those opportunities to notice what we're feeling and then go resolve those feelings And as a result, to your point, we're being short, we're, we're more short tempered. We're um, much less likely to really take care of ourselves as a result.
0: Mm. Yeah. I love what you said about dads putting down their phones to connect and moms picking up their phones to connect. I think that's so true, especially moms who maybe don't have a, you know, a really, a really great in-person community and they're at home yeah. with their kids and they're picking up their phone to go on social media and maybe connect with that that virtual community that is yeah. maybe the only community they feel they really have and then i think about you know i go to the park with my kids and i'm a homeschooling mom i have a business I'm often on my phone. Like I'm watching my kids, but I'm yeah. often on my phone at the park because that's the time I have to order groceries, to plan for homeschooling, to check my emails. Yeah. Um there's so many things that I have to do on my phone and I'm always nervous like somebody's judging me thinking I'm just <laughs> like not connecting with my kids and I'm yeah. addic- uh, you know addicted to my phone. Uh, there we go with that word again, but That's what I'm like really I have <laughs> yeah. 5000 things that I have to do yes. for my family, to support my family and they're all on my phone and Part of yes. that is really frustrating for me because I know everything, you know, is now on the phone, but sometimes I just wish it was, it wasn't yeah. anymore. Like it, I know what you mean. <laughs> like we go to a restaurant and we sit down and they don't even have menus anymore. And you have to scan your menu and you're looking at your screen while your family's across the booth. And I can't stand it.
1: I, I, I will always ask for, I say, do you have a paper menu? I could yeah. read to? Because I don't, I mean, often, you know, I've I leave my, I'm going to say this like I'm a, like a hero and it's actually because <laughs> I'm terrible because when I do this, I leave my phone in the car when I go to a restaurant because if I have my phone, I'm going to look at it. If it's I'm going t-shirt. to find a reason to use it. And so I have to actually physically distance myself from it. But I think with respect to moms and with phones, I think moms need to, I would love it if moms gave themselves more grace. And to to your point, I need to do this right now. I, I need to do this because my phone. I am managing so much. I am managing the family. I am to your to your point, especially if you're homeschooling. You're managing the curriculum and giving yourself some grace. And so I think I think in the discussion we have with phones, going back to my point earlier, I think when we say that screen time is bad, then all of a sudden, moms who are doing great things for their families start feeling bad because they're doing the great things on their phone. That's all right. Yeah. But but for the for the mom who says. You know, I really don't want to doom scroll. I really need, I really don't want to be on Instagram right now. That's where you come in and say, Hey, let us hold it for just a few minutes for you. And again, that yeah. could be literally a call to an RO member yesterday. He said, the time we use it for family movie nights on Friday nights, that's my time for it. Other people will say, I use the six to nine every night, whatever it is. You're the only one that can, everybody's on a different journey. And so if people can determine what are my intentions for right now? and help us align the actions with the intentions. That's the goal. But without imposing this, this judgment from others on yourself and just understanding it's your own journey. And you, we again, we do need our phones. And so now we need to figure out how to manage to have a great relationship with them. Because Taylor, when you when you change your relationship with your phone, you change your relationship with everyone around you, mm-hmm. including yourself. And so that's our goal is to find what's the right relationships for you with this device so that you can optimize the relationships you have with everyone around you,
0: yeah, I love that. What do you think, like what would you say is different about RO versus like me just going and putting my phone in a drawer? how How does ro work better than that drawer? Yeah.
1: well, we we actually recommend putting it in a drawer. If you can do that, I think that's a great idea. I really do. Um what we found is that i I wasn't good at that and I needed a little bit more help. And it, to me, I kind of liken it to the reason I belong to a gym. Um, I can go burn calories for free in my neighborhood with some running shoes, but I don't because I need to, I need to go belong to a gym because it 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 does a couple things for me. One, it provides me with some accountability. It provides me with clarity on hey, what am I going to do when I get there? So it provides me with clarity on programming. It provides me with a An environment of other people who are like-minded, who are working towards a similar goal. So all these things are what they're doing is they're removing friction towards doing something valuable. And I think that with this topic, especially, it seems so darn easy to put your phone away because that is the answer. Put your phone away when you want to be present, but that's hard in the same way. We'll just go run for an hour a day. That's really hard on your own to build up that motivation. So All of this is designed to help build a system for people that's sustainable. So, and and again, it's all to the specific question that's conceptual to the specific question. The RO app is always with you and it is reminding you of, Hey, Taylor, you have two more hours on your daily goal today. You have 30 more minutes on your daily goal today for screen time, or, Hey, it's a, it's, you know, it's, it's dinner time. Would you like to spend time away from your phone? Or this is one thing that we did put in the app that is fun is whenever My daughter puts her phone in RO. Everybody in the family gets a notification that Gianna just started a session, an RO session. So it's a little bit of a subtle invitation for you to go join her. Oh, someone's doing that. Oh, I'm going to go put, I'm going to go join them and be present with them. So in some ways it removes a little bit of that nagging, but that app is kind of your constant companion that's reminding you is pointing you back towards your intentions so that's the cue of it. So the 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 habit loop is based on is is four steps: cue, craving, response, reward. So this is all according to James Clear and Atomic Habits. So that cue is exactly what I said: the notification on your phone that says, "Would you like to spend some time away from your phone?" The cue is also a visual cue with the RO home device, which is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful home decor piece. It's a it's a visual cue that reminds you to put your phone down, but it's also a visual reminder of your family's values. It's it's a physical representation that, hey, our family, we value presence, and we love being around each other. So it's a physical representation of that. And so then the last piece of the, the habit loop is the reward piece. And that's where the app really kicks in is the reward around it. So it feels good to connect a ring. Just this is why all these fitness apps work so well is connecting your ring. I have a daily goal of time away from my phone physically distance from my phone. And I like to connect that ring. I like, I don't want to leave my ring open that day. And then you start building streaks. My wife, for example, she, um, it really kicked in for her with Auro when she realized, Oh, I have a seven day streak of spending time away from my phone. I'm not going to break that streak. I can't do that. And so building up the streaks again, that's taking the, you know, taking a tip from the social media playbook. And then this is what I love is the aggregation of time. I can see Again, it automatically connects the app when you drop it. So I aggregate the time. I love seeing how much time I've been away from my phone and over a period of time. So in the last 60 days, I've spent 16 days away from my phone in aggregate. I just looked that up literally right before this podcast. And, And then I can see the breakdown of how I've used my time. So similar to fitness app, if your heart, you know, your heart rates elevated. So they say, what did you do? You say you were biking or you were running or whatever that was. I can see exactly how much time I've had, fam- how much family time I've had in that time. I can see how much time I've spent hanging out with my son, Harrison, with Gianna, or on a date night with my wife, Kristen, or in my morning devotions that I do or whatever it is. I can see how that time aggregates and all of that, everything I just described on the reward side, that app that's kind of cataloging it for you. All of that is intended to make me feel good about what I've been doing. And when you feel good about something, you're going to do it again. And so then the habit loop continues on. So if it were just a box for your phone, the market doesn't need a place for our phones. We all have shoeboxes. We all have drawers. So the market isn't looking for that, but we do need a system that gets us to the point of putting it somewhere else. But to succinctly answer your question in the beginning, if you can do it on your own, I would highly encourage you do that if you need a system similar to joining a gym, that's where we come in. And and I really do believe if people use RO as it's intended, it will change your life. That is a promise. If you use it every day as it's intended, it will literally change your life. And I know that just because that's how it's played out for me. And again, just because I know when you change your relationship with your phone, you change your relationship with everyone around you.
0: Mm, yeah. I love that. I love how you're like using those same screen time, social media strategies, right? Of gamifying and, yeah. you know, incentives and stuff, but you're using it for unplugging and, you yeah. know, uh, disconnecting from from tech. I think that's so, so neat. Because I think some of us really do need that when we're so kind of reliant on those same systems or not reliant, but those same systems and strategies are what kind of, have they ha- it has a hold on us, yeah. right? Like on social media or our games or whatever it is that we're doing. Um, I would love to hear if you don't mind sharing, like, do you have specific social media or not social media screen time boundaries for your family? Or is it just now kind of like your kid, do your kids just do it because they enjoy it? Or do you have like rules set in place?
1: Um, we, we don't, so that we do have, we do have some, you know, fairly strong parameters on like, my kids don't have Safari on their phones. They don't have access to the internet on their phones. Um, and both of them do have phones. Um, so we don't, they don't have access to Safari on their phones. Um, they don't, uh, any app has to be approved by us. And so they can't just go down, download any app. So those are, um, those are some, we do have a hard and fast rule that, that phones don't go in your bedrooms. Um, they stay, they stay on the main floor. Um, and then, and then it really, so all of that, I'll say if people are listening, that that's, that's a lot easier to initiate when they get phones for anybody who's who doesn't who, with the kids who don't have phones yet it's really it's boy start with start be careful about the precedence you set before they get phones um so that's my kids don't really push back on those things they this is normal for them this is and again there's going to come a day when my son's 18 years old and be like, dad could i finally have the internet so i'll you know i'll get that and so but they've been, they've been initiated into that behavior. And so it's not abnormal for them. And then I do believe they, again, I, I could be, you know, embarrassed by this over the week. I say embarrassed over the weekend, I could be proven wrong over something like this, but I do believe they have a very good relationship with their phones. They know when you're in a conversation, that's not time for your phones. They know when it's family dinner time, it's, it is, it's, it's second nature to them to just drop that to drop their phones in, in RO it's very normal when they're not using their phones. It's sitting in the RO box. Um, and it's there, it's there a lot. Now, again, that doesn't mean they're perfect with that, but I do believe they have gr- a great relationship with their phones. And this, this quote may or may not apply super well is getting named Andy, Stan- Andy Stanley, who's a pastor in, in Atlanta. And he says that healthy relationships don't require rules. So we have very few rules. We have some, but we have very few rules on phones because I, because they have good, healthy relationships to this point with their phones. That doesn't mean we won't change more. And we do have some hard and fast boundaries, but we don't have a list of rules for phones because we, we we focused very much on relationship with phones.
0: Mm, Yeah, I love that. And I think like you've mentioned so much of that is also modeling and, Making sure that you're you're being the example of how yeah. to have a relationship with tech that you want them to have. And I, you know, one of my like big, big kind of awareness moments with my own phone use and screen time use was when recently, my son, who just turned three, he has like these magnet tiles. It's a little square tile that you can build things with. And, um, he came out, we were doing something and he was like, Oh, I'm working on my phone. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, (laughs)
1: gosh. like at a
0: time where, I mean, it was just so random. I don't know if we were eating, which I try not to have my phone at the table at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know. It was such a random time. And I thought, no, buddy, you don't need your phone. I know it's just a pretend (laughs) phone, but I don't want you playing like that. That's like, you're doing that obviously because I do that. And you're, you're just seeing and repeating the same things that you are witnessing me do. So,
1: um, it it's that to that point. I mean, it's it's again, it's the opportunity we have, especially when our kids are young, to begin modeling it well. And one thing that we – this is probably my favorite, one of my favorite stories. There's we have a, a member in California named Tim, and he says, um, he says that they have a task list for their kids every night, and their kids are under five years old. So task, you know, wash your face, brush your teeth, clear the table, and one of them is take mommy and daddy's phone and put it in R O. And so what he's training is, and what's great about it is when they take the phone, when the kids take the phone from mom and dad, mom and dad can't argue. It doesn't matter what you're in the middle of, they take the phone and it's gone. So that does multiple things from a very young age. And we've heard other RO members will hand their phones to their kids to have their kids put in an RO. And it does a couple of things. One, again, it tells the child that they're more important than the phone. So it's an opportunity for, for openness and connection that the child knows when this goes down, connection begins. And then the second thing is it begins to train the muscle memory inside of the kid to see what's normal, what should be normal behavior with your phone. You do need to distance yourself from your phone. And if they see you from a young age, then it makes it more likely that they'll repeat the good behavior that you want but it's, but again, this is, I say all of this is none of this is preachy or self-righteous. It, it all comes from a place of, of personal failure of me messing it up again and again and again. And just with this drive behind us that we just don't want other moms and dads to tell the same stories. We do right. want the best for the next generation. Um, and, and, and there's a good reason behind it because if we don't do something, then this generation of kids who are on Instagram and TikTok will be the first generation of kids who will die with other people's, more of other people's memories than memories they create on their own. Mm-hmm. And and that's just not okay with us is that we want kids to create memory and memories, not vicariously experience other people's memories more. And again, it's an amazing opportunity that all of us have in front of us. Again, I know I'm talking a lot of, of next generation and, and parents to kids. It goes for, it goes for our marriages. It goes for how our kids will interact in their marriages someday there's so much application to all of it, not to mention just the personal self-care that we all need to your point of going and really digging in and investigating ourselves and figuring out what's going on and being able to resolve those things without just medicating ourselves and scrolling and looking at our phones when things feel difficult.
0: Yeah, absolutely. For those that are interested, can you tell us how much the, um, the RO membership is? And like the, the box.
1: Sure. We, um, one goal we have a strong goal is to make it this accessible to everybody who it's important to everybody who needs a little bit of help. It's, 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 accessible. So we don't charge an upfront cost for the box itself. So we, um, it's a monthly membership. It ranges anywhere from 12 to $18 a month, whether it's a one or two year membership and the box comes for free with it. And again, it's a beautiful home. The box itself is a beautiful home decor piece. It charges your phones. Um, it um again, it automatically creates that connection to the app. And, um, and there's no upfront cost for that. And so it's, um it's all $12 to $18 per month, you can pay monthly, you can pay one time annually one time every two years, and it's a one year minimum one year commitment on, on all of those.
0: Mm, that's amazing. Awesome. Well, Joey, it's been so great talking to you. Can you just tell listeners where they can find you if they want to learn more from you or get the RO for their homes?
1: Yeah. Just, you can go to go ro.com. That's It's G O A R O.com. Not on Instagram. We're at go ro now yeah, at go now. And, and I think the thing that I would, would leave with again, in, in talking about this, it's, it's hard to not, to not discuss the detriments, to not discuss the, the downsides. And I, I think the the main message that I want people to hear though is the hope in it is what an amazing opportunity we all have right now. And to your point, this is not a this is not a commercial for our this is not a discussion on our what this is about is how to make how to help our relationships thrive. And it does begin with reforming that relationship that we have with our devices. And yes, we're here to help and we'd love to help, but just take a cue from us, just just start to implement this on your own. That's wonderful. If you need help, we're here for you. But the real goal is to help people understand the, the hope, the absolute hope that we all have that we can do today. You don't have to do anything complicated. It does begin today for you. So whether it's a family movie without a second screen or a family dinner or 10 minutes of self-reflection, something that's accessible to us right now and is so hopeful for all of us.
0: Mm, I love that so much. Thank you, Joey, so much for being here.
1: Thanks so much, Taylor.